Heart. You gotta have heart. Miles and miles of heart. What is heart? Heart is running through a return man when the game is on the line. Heart is giving everything you have in practice, day after day. Heart is finding the strength to run down the field one more time when you can barely breathe. The heart in me pumps Husker Red. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast, brought to you by CornNation.com, part of the SB Nation Podcast Network. My name is Greg Mahochko, joining me as always. He is our founder, fearless leader, and by golly, I think by now we can officially call him the voice of the CornNation Podcast uh, radio, all the stellar work that he does, John Dam Johnston. Hello, John. Hi, Greg. How are you? <laughs> yeah, you know it's uh, it's been a rough couple of days. Yeah, you know it's uh, it's not in football or anything. It's just uh, you know if I feel good sometimes, and then the brain injury part of my life kicks in, and uh, I get severe headaches, and then everything goes downhill. But I am really good right now to hear your radio guy voice. Thank you very much. By the way. You want to give your wife the gift that keeps on giving, John? Uh, I don't know what that is in your context. Give her the gift of your smooth shaved balls with manscaped.com. <laughs> what? <laughs> what the hell? What? Dope, man. Dope. The, the the patented lawnmower 3.0 with the no nick technology because you don't want to nick your nuts. Is that, that, that. is that a sponsor now? Do we get money for that? Otherwise, yeah. fuck them. Yeah, no, totally, totally, <laughs> all all the money. Uh, and when you sign up, you'll get uh, something, and then every few months they'll send you a nice little replacement blade and something uh, else like uh, the crop mop ball wipes. Or uh, the ball toner. Uh, it, it's all it's all in there. The, <laughs> I guess we just started this one out with a, with a zoom, zing, pow. It, 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 it's that or blue chew, and I figure we've uh, we've uh, talked about blue chew enough. So um, anyway, all jokes aside, we we have to laugh because it keeps us from crying. Uh, but we're gonna have some good news in this episode. But first, we have to. Uh, bring in our special guest. He's a coordination writer. Uh, he is one of our uh, really dynamic, I was going to say dynamic duos, I'm pretty sure that's copyrighted, uh, dynamic tag team of uh, recruiting writers, Akilah Roberts. Welcome back to the Five Heart Podcast. Mm-hmm. And he froze. Right when we go to introduce him, he froze. How does this happen? <laughs> Let's try take two. Aquila, what's going on, man? How how's uh, sunny so- southern Florida? Uh it's cool, man. It's cool. I mean it's funny. Um I, I, I you know I went to Nebraska over the weekend for senior day. For I'm sorry. Um when, <laughs> when I I landed on Tuesday morning, like home, and it was like sixty eight degrees outside, but like I was so I was so used to like the, the Nebraska cold, like I was sweating, like it was it was like super hot. Well, you know, it, to the rest of the world, Akilo, 68 degrees is pretty moderate, very comfortable. It's only for you Floridians where you're like, 68 degrees, I need a coat. 
So yeah, uh, yeah. I, I was sweating when I, when I, when I was... Can we say was that your first trip to Nebraska? Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah. So you, you got to give us a trip report. What do you, you think of the great state of Nebraska, Lincoln, Nebraska? Did you fly into Omaha? Did you have some runses? Did you talk to a lot of people? Were they friendly? Did they hate your guts? Did they say nasty things about Colorado? Did, did um, how how was the uh, how was the Memorial Day game day experience? I've always heard great things. I had eighty three um, questions before that. Uh, yeah, John uh, first. Uh, 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 I'll, I'll answer the, the game day question after I answer John's questions. Um, Typical. So yeah, um, it, was, <laughs> it was cool. I mean, you know, um, I, I got there on Thursday afternoon. I flew from Miami to Dallas, from Dallas to um, Dallas to Omaha. Um, it was it was cool, you know. Um, it was it was it's pretty chilly. Uh, the people were good. Um, I ate at this place called um, it's, it's in downtown Lincoln. It's on I think 10th and O, or 10th and some somewhere around there. It was it's called the the green, the green gateau G A T A G A T E A U O. Um, it's like it's like French inspired. Um, it, was, it was pretty good. I ate there twice. I ate there on Friday morning, and then Saturday morning before the game as well. Um, but yeah, besides that, people in Nebraska were nice. It was cool. Um, I, I went some, I went to, I, I was staying on, what's that? I was staying on 13th and I believe, and I think I was staying on, I was staying on 13th and N in downtown Lincoln. And I, I was walking from, from where I was staying to, um, to the, every day just to take a picture. So it was cool. You know, I, I got to walk on hollow ground, um, the, the, the house that Tom built. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. And everybody uh, else yeah, since has chipped day. away. Oh, wait a minute. You went to the game, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and it was so cold, bro. Like, the, the, the ground, like, in between, like, the feet, the beach and stuff, like, the ground was, like, frozen. Like, I was, like, walking on ice, and, like, it was, like, hard, like, I was trying, like, not to slip. Um, I, I had, I had, I had to, like, wipe this, I had to, like, um, wipe the snow and ice off the seats and, like, stand up on it, because I couldn't stand on the ground, because it was ice. I'd, I'd slip. Um, it was ice cold. Um, people started cheering when, um, because it was cloudy. People started, people started cheering when, 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 when the, when the sun came out. That was funny. Um, and yeah, um, it was really cold. Um, that game, man, that game was, that was ugly. But, um, besides that, I, 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 I had a good time. Funny, you know, my, my first time at Memorial Stadium, it was, it was, it was a snowball. But otherwise, other than that, I had, a, I had a great time. A couple of things. Uh, the Green Gateau, uh, 330 South 10th Street in Lincoln. Uh, so check them out. They, they are, uh, they highly recommended by coordination zone, Akilah Roberts. Um, uh, I'm not going to go into their menu. You find that out on your own green Uh, Oh now, my God. We're doing, it's like, we're doing sponsors all over the fucking place. And we're not even going to pay for this. <laughs> the hell? I was curious yeah, that, no, that, no, no, no that, that comes as a recommendation from one of our own. Yeah. It does. Okay, now shut up. Let me ask my next question. <laughs> uh, Big Ten Network or, or Fox uh, FS1 or whoever you know, uh, whoever was carrying the game, they like to show coming uh, out of commercial breaks. They they uh, really loved showing the little bleacher snowmen that were being made. Did you? Uh, because you're from South Florida, did you participate in the bleacher snowman making? I uh, said no, I wasn't. But I was throwing a whole lot of snowballs. <laughs> Like on the field, in the bleachers, at other people. So that's my next question. Did anybody from the Nebraska staff see you and try to get you into uh, some pads and a jersey to play quarterback? 
And they honestly, you know, you know it's funny. I, I, I probably could throw a just as good as you know. But, um, nah, no, no one approached me. No one approached me. I mean, I have good size. I'm, I'm, I'm six one, two somewhere around two fifty, two sixty. I'm kind of fat, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can you throw a pass accurately more than ten yards down the field while guys running sideways? Are you are you uh, the are you the you're built like the NFL version of Jamarcus Russell? Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. but he's he's a little tiny. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, I, I since since you were up there for Senior Day, I feel like there had to be a special reason, and I I don't know the answer to this question, and you can uh, take a powder and and refuse to uh, answer said question because I don't know if a lot of people I don't know if we've ever addressed it here on the show but you have a relation it is since he's wrapping up his career are you comfortable or do you want to just let oh. it go you know that's cool yeah no, the, 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 cap, the cap blue is my cousin I don't think we ever talked about that on the show no we didn't yeah we've I mean, always kind of kept that in the background oh there you go <laughs> to protect yeah. the innocent or the guilty <laughs> to protect Aquila. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, no, cool. yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you know, we, you know, we've we've danced around it. We, we've, uh, you know, we, we, but that's. I, I don't know if we ever established the timeline. You've been a Husker fan since long before, you know. D was in Lincoln, right? Yeah, no, yeah. I became a fan um, when I when I was in, when I was in middle school. That's when um, and Dominican Sue was there killing stuff. And Taylor Martinez was there, running, running, running crazy over everybody. I, I became, I became fan of Nebraska then. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, like, you know, so how many people? How many people attended the game? Do you think? Oh uh, man, um, if I had to put it modestly, it was a good amount. I probably, probably say like maybe like five thousand somewhere in that in that neighborhood. Wow. It, it was mostly it was mostly on on the, the Nebraska side. All the Nebraska like family members were, and then on the other side, they had, they had Minnesota fans, but they weren't there weren't that many. See, John, you could have gone and taken Rotten Son. <laughs> Nobody would claim me as a, a family or friends or anything like that. So, no. Well, let's talk. I mean, uh, I've been in Memorial Stadium when it was empty, but certainly not during the, any, the time when anyone was playing football. So that had to be just, uh, I guess for you, I mean, now you have to go back when there's 90,000 people there and you'll have... You will be one have one of the most unique experiences of being one of those people that's been there for, uh, you know, an almost empty stadium and a very very full stadium. So, yeah, I feel like I feel like a Nebraska game at Memorial Stadium during the pandemic is kind of like going to a Miami Hurricane a game anytime. You know, you're only going to get a few thousand people there. Uh, it actually, it, it is really, it really is. <laughs> see, <laughs> well, well, let's let's spend since you were there, you you, you got to see it all in person, and, and the rest of us plebes got uh, you know had to watch it on TV. Let's talk, spend a few minutes on the Minnesota game uh, because there's certainly some much better uh, Nebraska topics uh, to to discuss. They did yeah. the same thing this game that they did against the Illinois, uh, same side of the field, same play call nearly similar result that you know swing pass out you know to Wandale to start things I just wanted like we don't I we have questions we don't have answers because we're not in the coach's room 
I just want to know why. What what are they seeing that you know? And and so often you hear that coaches have you know the first ten or twelve or fifteen plays you know scheduled and, and mapped out, and they're they're sticking with that. But why in the hell do you ever start with that? Just why? The only thing I can think about these days after the game is that Frost wanted to start out Martinez with an easy completion that would at least gain some yardage. And uh, it turned out to not be an easy completion nor gain yardage. So, I, I, you know. I feel I like think, uh, I think I've I've spent a lot of time disgusted <laughs> with this game and answering questions that'll never be answered. Um, I know because uh, as we mentioned, John, you did the post game out by the tree, which is still getting a lot of traction on YouTube. We highly encourage people to check it out on YouTube. Uh, you did the uh, Yoshi football show. You have discussed, uh, I'm sure you discussed the Minnesota game when you uh, did the post-life crisis with Rutgers that dropped yesterday. So you have, you got to be sick about talking about, you know, the the Minnesota game. But my, 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 my thing to, to your theory, John, about that play call is you have the goals that you set out to achieve, get him a quick and easy completion and some positive yards. However, I feel like the, the quickness with which they're trying to pull this play off, Martinez doesn't have an opportunity to get set, so he's just kind of flinging it over there and hoping for the best. And the best case this past Saturday was that Wandale was able to run and jump on the ball for a negative nine-yard play. Yeah. And, every, I, I, and, Kilo, and, and again, it set the tone. Question. I mean, when... It, it did set the tone of the game. If you remember the previous week against Purdue, I mean, we let them have the ball first. I, I'd really – can we just let the other fucking team have the ball first from now on for the rest of our lives? I don't care. You know, maybe when Frost gets his I, – I think he'll get his offense going. Like he's saying, 40 points a game. I think we will get there because if you go back and look at the Minnesota game, Kilo, you were able to see this in the stands. There were receivers running all over the field wide open, weren't there? Yeah, there was. And like, Adrian didn't hit any of them because his arm was like shot. I don't remember that. Yeah. There had to be two two plays in which if he just hits the receiver at all, we're going to score a touchdown. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, shades of Joe Bosserman, I guess. (laughs) And and an interesting uh, observation uh, from you there, Akilo, is, is that Adrian's arm was shot. And. The other option is Luke, who's not a strong thrower. So when you have your your starting quarterback who's not at 100% and, and he hasn't been at 100% for half the season and your backup QB is not a strong thrower, what the hell do you do? <laughs> you know, you don't, you, you don't, you're out of options because, and I know that. that <gasps> There's a magic word right there. There's the answer. You just said it, Greg. Out. No. Oh. Of. Of. Out of. Option. Oh, I thought you were gonna say out of toilet paper (laughs) because we're in the we're in the pandemic still. Uh, No, the option. Yes. Uh, And when you have as many talented runners as Nebraska has, but you still try to force the passing game, you're you're not playing to. I, I feel like. Mike Riley did this, you know, he, 
he came in and he tried to he tried to mold you know and make something happen that that wasn't there and i know you know mike riley's a you know evil four letter word for uh, a lot of reasons in lincoln and, and nebraska fans across the the world but you can't you, you can't force you know a, a non you know a non quarterback to be a quarterback you have to play with the the talent that you have not a Scott Frost credit, he's trying to bring in that talent. Uh, to Scott Frost's detriment is he's not changing with, uh, he, he's not adapting the game plan to, you know, the, the situations of, of the players that he has in front of him. Yeah. Um, <sighs> go ahead. No, you know, my, let's, let's go into recruiting. It's the hey, future. Wait, okay, but before we go into recruiting, can I say one thing? Yes. <laughs> Only if it's positive. Only if it's positive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, it's it's positive, I guess. But, but um, Greg, before you before you went out on that tangent, you asked me, Akila, what do you do when the quarterback plays Seth or whatever? I was gonna say, you Minnesota did. Minnesota had thirty three players missing because of COVID. Yeah, a lot of offensive players missing. Rashad Bateman opted out of the season. One of the best one of the best receivers in, in the Big Ten. So you do what Minnesota did. You run the ball. You control the clock. Keep it, you try to keep it low. You try to score, score on the ground. You, you, you make passes when you have to. You do what Minnesota did. Minnesota, his game plan worked perfectly. Coach Frost, I don't know what he, I don't know what he was doing. He's he was he was he was speeding the game up and it worked right into right into Peach's flex hands. So yeah, that, you know that, Minnesota that's, that's coming in Minnesota coming into that game was giving up six point eight two yards per carry on the ground, the worst in the oh. nation, one hundred and twenty seventh in the nation. The dead last team in the nation. As in, yeah. they're not ahead of anybody. That's the meaning of how what last is. And we yeah. and we don't do that. We don't run the ball directly at them. We don't run the ball. I, I don't know. You know, like and, I like and, you said, I've covered this enough. And, and the run game was working too. And the the first half they were without. I think Barnes was his name. You know the the big. Uh, stopgap in, in, as a linebacker. Uh, I know they had oh, that's, some. That's from Purdue. Purdue. Was Are it, you I, talking about us? No, I thought I thought Minnesota had a guy out uh, for the first half. No, that was um, last week against Purdue. Derek Barnes. Okay. All right. Thank you. All right. So even even better. Um, there was no reason to not you know hand the ball off to Dedrick Mills. You know, at some point we have to just push forward. You know, you're only gonna you're only gonna make forward momentum by going forward. You can run, you can have a 15 yard run play, but if you're going from the left hash to the right sideline and and then out of bounds because you can't set an edge, then then you're going one yard. You know, uh, so you have to go forward. And I feel like the I don't know. I feel like the the backs are there. I think the skills there to to move the ball. You know, to to run downfield. But I don't know if the coaching staff doesn't trust uh, trust the players or what, but it's it's disappointing. I think the, pretty much the only explanation I can give for this is this: Scott Frost knows he has time. In other words, he's not in a three-year window to start winning football games right away. So he's going to run his offense the way he wants and finds the players that are going to run the offense that he wants. 
We all we know that the offense has been the problem here with winning games because they're just not scoring points. So, I mean, if you're a coach that's coming in and you got to rent win right away, you're going to adjust your your team to whatever players you have and run whatever they can run. Uh, Frost is clearly not doing that, and that's because he knows he has time to turn the program around. In the meantime, we're all going batshit insane watching some of these games that, you know, like Minnesota, where you kind of penciled it in as a win because their defense, you know, their defense was melted butter. If somebody said Minnesota's defense was melted butter, uh, melted butter would be insulted. That's how bad their defense was. So, you know, watching some of these games, this one, the Illinois game, they're maddening. So that's that's it for me. I'm ready for recruiting because that's the future. I want to hear about the future. I want to hear good things. Okay. Uh, John, I don't know if you're aware of yeah. this or not, but uh, speaking of, of the future, they made a movie a few years back starring Tom Cruise that's called Minority Report. And in it the precogs are able to tell uh, ahead of time that a murder or that a crime is about to be committed. It's the pre-crime division. I highly encourage you to check it out if you want to know about the future. <laughs> Meanwhile, in recruiting, uh, this past Wednesday <laughs> was, I think... Uh, We're sponsoring Tom Cruise, who doesn't even need the fucking money. I don't know. Did you hear about his, uh, his blow-up on the Mission Impossible set this past week? That's because he's Tom Cruise. He's a big star. He has the right to blow up on people. Well, he's producing a movie, and, and the crew, I guess, went out and they broke COVID protocol, and so he, he chewed their ass uh, back when they got to, to work the next day about, you know, he's like, hey, this is costing us money, and, you know, if we have to shut down, it's going to cost a lot of people their jobs and be more responsible. So I'm not like a Tom Cruise fan. Like, I don't, you know, but, you know, anyway, uh this past Wednesday, you may or may not have known ahead of time, was uh, the early signing day. And I know it feels weird because, at, at least for me, I don't remember hearing anything about it until Tuesday when the Slack chat room says, hey, by the way, what's going on with the early <laughs> signing day? Because <laughs> we're so used to it being uh, uh, the first Wednesday of February, and here it is, uh, you know, smack dab in the middle of uh, December. And we, we had great coverage, uh, coronation.com. Check it out if you haven't already. Rick Cohn has, has been a, uh, a recruiting writer for a, a long time and, and Aquilo, uh, has joined the team, you know, within the last, I think, uh, two years ago, maybe. Um, no, I came in January. Oh, well, yeah, almost. All right. It feels like it's, it's been a very long year. I don't know <laughs> if you know that or not. It, yeah. 2020, 2020, man, 2020 has felt like 18 decades. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so, you know, with the uh, early signing day being this past, I, I first of all, I want to commend you. The The highlight of it all for me, I know we got a lot of great talent uh, that signed their letters of intent to come play for the University of Nebraska, but the highlight for me was uh, your headline for Thomas Fedone's uh, letter. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Amen. That, that, that's Martin Luther King right there, man. I mean, I know. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, signed at last, signed at last. Thank God Almighty he has signed at last. Uh, I, I guess, you know, that that's the one that we all, you know, waited for and, and had it been anticipating for a long time. Um, 
but let me get, I guess let me get your your overall thoughts uh, on on the day. What was it? Was it the you know the promising day, the positive day that that you anticipated before you went to sleep uh, Tuesday night? Um, yeah, basically everything went as perfectly as it could go. Like every everybody, all, all of our recruits that are committed, they were all signed by by pretty much by my midday. So like it was, it was like pretty much that. I um I, I woke up a little late on on, on Wednesday. I woke up at like at like eight thirty. No. People started signing at like, at like seven a.m. six thirty. So like I had to like you know I had to like write write articles for each signing. So like I was like a little late and I, I ended up finishing my articles. Writing each one at like around one thirty two maybe, so that was like a little that was a, that was a little hectic for me. Um, otherwise, otherwise, yeah, it went as smoothly as, as smoothly as it could go. Next year, you'll know. Wake up at five with a pot of coffee. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Now I know better. I, although I'm curious to know what at, at what speed just barely awake a kilo uh, works at because we we all. You know, it, it's the joke. It's the running joke, and in all in all in good fun. But we all know when Akilo gets fired up, he is talking mm-hmm. at, at at a at a words per minute that uh, <laughs> that surpasses even the uh, most adept typist. Uh, so I'm wondering what like slow down Akilo sounds like. Okay, so so what? <laughs> What I mean, what stands out to I don't know anything about these recruits. I you know I've been trying to keep mm-hmm. up with everything else, and uh, and you're the recruiting guy. Other than Thomas Fedone, I mean, what number one that Thomas Fedone is like? What the number one tight end in the nation? Yes, sir. Yeah. Okay. Other than that guy, I mean, who do you mm-hmm. see in this class as being the standout? The standout. Um, I mean, obviously, you got you have a, a Teddy Teddy Prohaska, the offensive tackle from Elkhorn South. Um, really, high, really highly rated guy. He's been committed for like 15 months. <laughs> he was our, he was our first commit for the 2021 class. Um, I, you know, it has I, a lot, lot, lots of potential. I, and I don't mean to interrupt mm-hmm. you, but I remember hearing that name. You know, like over a year ago. So, yeah. and, and as I was looking at things, you know, I, I it looked like. It, and I'm I'm not trying to derail John's question. I know that's what I'm really good at. But it looks like maybe uh, the coaching staff really tried to hone in on that 500 mile radius. You know, you got to see a lot of uh, Nebraska kids. Like, um, I mean, you know, Eastern Nebraska kids. It is what it is. Uh, but then you got some <laughs> Iowa kids. Um, you know, and you got a California and a Texas and Georgia and things like that. But but it seemed like they're really trying to focus on getting the, you know, perhaps the top talent or at least the top. Um, perceived talent uh, in in that that five hundred mile radius. Yeah. Anyway, back yeah, to uh, back were, to Prochaska. Uh, oh yeah, Teddy Teddy Ombrowski. Yeah, he's lot, lot, lots of lots of potential. He has a massive frame. He's six nine, I think 280, 280 pounds. That, that's that's gonna be a, that's gonna be a, a cornerstone of the, of the pipeline one day. Um. So yeah. Um. I really like him. As far as um. When you think of blue chip prospects in a sense, I really like blue chip prospects who signed this, this class where I'm Fedone, Thomas Fedone, and um, Teddy Prosca. But um, besides that, like guys I really like, I expected to um, contribute early. Um, I, really, I really like um, Sean Hardy. Um, he's a receiver from, from Southeast Georgia, Kingsland, Georgia. Um, actually, I found him there. So I, I, kind of, I kind of know the area. Um, he, he's, he's early. Watch this film. It's, it's amazing. 
he's, he's playing really good competition and he's he playing really good competition in, um, in South, Southeast Georgia, Northeast Florida. Um, he, he has impressive size, 6'3", 190. He runs a board at 4'440". Um, if you watch his film, he's, 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 a, he's the definition of a deep threat. Like he's, he's just catching, catching deep balls all over the place. He's running past safeties. He's making impressive cut catches. There's nothing you can't, there's nothing you can hate on it, on, hate on his own. Um, besides him, I'm absolutely, absolutely like Jalen. Jay, Jay. He's a defensive lineman from Anstock, California. It's in the Bay Area, Northeast, Northeast Oakland, it's in the Northeast part of the Bay. Um, let's watch his film. He is a freak. He is, he's, this is a 6'8", 6'8", 280 pounds. Um, he, he runs like a 4'6", 4'7", 40. He's, 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 he is moving crazy at that size. And, um, I, yeah, so I, 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 go ahead. I was going to say, uh, Weaver, is he going to be that end rush that, that we've been longing for since like the Randy Gregory days? <laughs> nah, man, nah, nah. Two, two, two different body types. It's going to be, no, we're, we're, we're in a three four um, defensive scheme now. It's going to be a, a three four end. Yeah. But yeah, I'm um, like, I was going to say, um, I really like him. Like, yeah, 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 athleticism is dripping everywhere with him. Um, he has hulking, hulking physique, hulking. Frame. Um, I think he's gonna be another like Tuyoti Duval special where he's gonna he's gonna register him. He's gonna put in time and he's gonna put in time in the weight room, and then maybe in, like a year or two, maybe by like his, his redshirt sophomore year, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna let him loose on the rest of the Big Ten, like 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 we did with Casey Rogers, and he's gonna be a beast. I really like him. Casey so, Rogers. Uh, let me ask you this about him. In your analysis, you compared him to Deshaun Neal. And yeah. Rashawn Gary, now how can he be both of those things? Because <laughs> nah, 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 either nah. he's going to be a massive hulking human being, and I mean Rashawn Gary was a guy who exploded off the ball, and uh, I mean you yeah. can't be both, right? Unless you're in Dominican Sue. I mean, <laughs> no, no. Um, basically, I, I, I made a comparison to Deshaun Neal and Rashawn Gary was because um, he has like a similar frame as Deshaun Neal did coming out of Omaha Central High. Um, they're about the same size. I I could think um Jalen is actually a little taller than, than Deshaun. Um, they're they're at the same size. Um, Jalen is heavier at this at this at this juncture too. I think Deshaun is like 240 coming out of Central. Um, Jalen is, is is 280 right now. Um, and uh, actually Deshaun is actually recruited to be a, a four three end, like your typical pass rushing end. When 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 you're running a four a four three um system underneath um Bo Pelini and, and Coach Riley, but um. And I I I I I also gave him the Rashawn Gary comparison because like they have like they have like a similar like explosion off the line of scrimmage, like they're both like they were like really fast like off the snap. That was that really impressed me in this film. We beat out Indiana and Tennessee for him. Yeah. All right, who else you got? <laughs> oh, I like um, it so far. Um, yeah. Um, besides, besides, um, Hardy and, and, um, and Weaver. Oh, I really like, um, I really like Gabe Irvin. He's running back from the Atlanta area. Um, he, he, he shows us over, I remember at the time his top five was, um, Nebraska, Arizona State, Duke, Michigan State, and there was another team in there. I could love me. I can't remember. Oh, and Georgia, Georgia, UGA, Georgia, the Bulldogs. Um, and, um, that was a really, really, really big recruiting coup for us. Um, when, when, you, when you look at his athletic profile as test members, he is identically similar. He's like he's identical to um, Trey Bryant. Remember him coming out of St. Louis? He was he's like a very athletic guy, scoring on touchdowns and stuff. Um, unfortunately, Trey's career got cut short by body injuries. 
um, they, they both have, they both have, they both have the same like similar profile around six feet, 400 pounds. Um, really, they're both, they're both track guys. They're both like on film, they're both really explosive, you know. Um, Jay, um, Gabe, Gabe, his, if you look at his film, it's just, just like 80 yard, 80 yard, 80 yard carry, 80 yard carry, 50 yard carry, 60 yard carry. He just, he just, he's just scoring a lot. He just, he has really long speed, you know. But I like about him. He's, he also, he's also a really good runner after, after, the, after, after, um, he's also a really good runner after contact. And, um, yeah, I, I, I really like him as well. Gotta get those yak yards, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think that this kid that's the eight man player out of uh, Iowa? Oh, Seth Malcolm, Seth Malcolm. I, I, you know, I, I really like Seth. Um, when when he when he was being recruited, and he he was being committed. But when he was being recruited and he committed, I was kind of I was kind of like I was kind of like head scratching a little bit. Like you know, he he wasn't he wasn't that good to me. At first, I was like, "Man, eight-man football, getting a scholarship. I don't know how this is going to translate." But um, I saw, I, you know, his, his, his film, his film is good. Even though when he's taken to, even when you take into account his um his competition, um, he was he, he was a running back on offense. I really like that. He, he, he showed good speed on offense. You know, on defense, he actually on defense he actually reminds me a lot a lot of Luke Reimer actually. Um, they're both really they're both really physical. They're both really good at te- they're 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 both they're both running sideline to sideline. They both they both can run with tight ends and wide receivers, you know. I I, I really like it on him, and um, I'm 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 really high on him. Um, right now they, he's this at at two hundred five and six and he's six foot three tall, so he's gonna need he's gonna need, he's gonna need weight room a little bit. But um, I like him, you know. He he just needs a little more time for the development. Was it was he the number one player in Iowa? Uh, no, that was that was Thomas Fedoni. Oh, he, duh. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, what else we got here? Henry Harburg. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The guy whose name our website is going to butcher on purpose, just like they've done to Mark Mikurger. He's talking. He's talking. talking about Michael Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> No, so what do you what do you think of Hard Harburg? <laughs> um, um, Harburg, um, he's really good. Actually, you know, it's funny him, him and um, him and him and Matt Masker from the exact same. Carney Catholic out there in Central Nebraska. Um, I really like him. Obviously, he's a he's a developmental developmental piece. Um, he's gonna need to be you know he's gonna need some time to work work on his throwing technique and all, all that. But um, athletically wise, he's everything you want. I mean, he's 6'5", 190. He runs a 10-9, meter dash, which is blazing fast for a guy that size. Um, on film, he throws. He has a cannon for an arm. He, he just needs some help, help of his technique and, and accuracy. Besides that, I really like. Him. So you know that, who Seth Green is? Wait a minute, is that right? Is that the kid's name? Seth Green, like who played uh, uh, Scott from no, Austin Powers? No, no. Got a family guy. Minnesota. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I know him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Seth Green, two hundred uh, six foot four, two hundred twenty five pound dual threat quarterback. He comes in on, uh, you know, goal line inside the ten plays, and he runs the wildcat. Uh, he's been uh, a guy who has been able to come in in certain situations, and uh, you know, to, I play play at parts on the field where he. I don't know, he scores touchdowns. You know what I mean? 
So there's probably yeah. a place for Harburg if you want to mix things up. A guy yeah. that big that has a cannon for an arm, I mean, hell, you can uh, you can do weird things with him that nobody's expecting. <laughs> Undoubtedly, I, I, th I think Harburg will be, a, will be a great quarterback for us, like, just in technical sense. But I'm saying right now, right now, right now, he's just a, a, a little raw. Latrell <laughs> Neville. Yep. Um, Tell me about him. Latrell Neville, he's a four-star receiver from the Houston area. He played at um, High Tower High in... Missouri City, which is a suburb, south, southwest suburb of Houston. Um, you know, um, he, he, he has the size that you want from like your typical like possession Big Ten receiver. He's 6'4", 190. Um, that's, that's, a good, that's a good frame. Um, honestly, when, when, when I saw this film, you know, when, 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 when I look for a hero, right, I look at two things. I look at, I look at production and I look at film. Um, his film, he was doing like a lot of like reverses and stuff. Um, reverses, um, screens, other type of stuff. I mean, I liked it, but I mean, from what I want from a receiver, you know, I want more like a traditional, like running curl routes, running post routes, you know, type stuff. Just, you know, just showing, really showing off your route tree. Yeah. Um, I, I, honestly, honestly, I, I didn't, honestly, I don't really see much of that in this film. So, I mean, and I, I, was, I, wasn't, I wasn't really encouraged by that. Um, his, his, his numbers and high school as well, like his stats, stats wise, he wasn't really that good. They weren't, they weren't, they, his numbers weren't really nothing to write home about. Um, but I, I ended up learning that um, he had like really like a bad quarterback play in high school, so I mean you know you really can't hold, hold that against him. Um, yeah, I really, I really like him though. Um, apparently he he, he he performed really really well in, in camp settings against other like top like cornerbacks as well. Um, and yeah, he's just like, your, your typical Big Ten Big Ten wide possession receiver that you know you, you, you just want to go out and get and get get and, and get and bring bring catches. Um, his nickname is his nickname that I was, I was he did an interview recently I think it was Brian Christopherson. Yeah, like um, he calls himself, he calls himself um the Allstate guy because he's all he's all you're always in good hands with him. Yeah, yeah, he has, he has really good hands. I really like about him. Did you know his uh, Aaron Neville is like his grandfather? Yeah, I've I, I've read that like like a hundred different times about him. <laughs> okay, nobody else is impressed by that. Fuck you guys. You're, you're... I I get it. But I know how. <laughs> no, great. no, no. Fine, screw you, John. I'm trying. Okay, what about? Uh, I'm trying to class up the joint. This, we, you talked about this Teddy dude, uh, who's an mm. offensive lineman. What else we got for linemen? Because everybody oh, got, will say, if you if we don't have like 15 linemen in this class, it's a shitty class. Yeah, no, we got two others. We got um, Henry Utowski. He's from Mount Pleasant, Iowa. And we got um, Branson Yeager. He's from Grantsville, Utah. Um, Henry is a Henry man. I I really love Henry, man. Like you know, like so, like Phil Miles. He's he's a he's a like he's a road grader in every sense of the word. And in every sense of the term, he's trying to pancake everyone that's in his way. He's trying to put you on the ground, and hump you, other crazy stuff. Um, <laughs> movement wise, um, he, he movement wise. It's gonna be a I, fifteen I year penalty. I saw him, him work. work. <laughs> movement wise, I saw some of him uh, moving from his coach. He, he, he's he's amazing block. He's amazing. He moves he moves great for his size. He's he's lifted at six seven like three twenty. He's he's up to guard first. He, he's he's a, he's a big boy. Um, he he, he moves really well. Just I, I saw him, like doing blocking goes on there stuff. I'm really impressed with him. Um, he, obviously I, I don't really expect him to play right away, but I, I think because you know offensive line would play right away. But um, down the road I think he's gonna be really, really really good for us. Um, Branson Yeager. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. At the time when he committed, 
I wasn't really impressed by him, you know. Um, I, I saw the, the big frame. You know, he's 6'8", 332 pounds. He's, 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 a, he's a massive guy. Um, I wasn't – his – I mean, not, like, ranking-wise, I wasn't, I wasn't really I wasn't really impressed by him. So when I, when, when I watched the film, I mean, he, he had a size. I mean, he, he just looked like, like another offensive offense tackle. Like, I, I wasn't really impressed by him. But, um, you know, I've got, I've got, I've got, I've got, I've got, I've got trust in Greg Austin, you know. Um, Brendan Hymas, he, he developed Brendan Hymas into, into a, into a, into a, uh, an, an, an NFL prospect. Um, I think Matt, Matt Fonya has made strides since he's been here. Um, Cam Jurgens, bad snaps notwithstanding, he's been pretty, he's been a pretty good blocker for us. You know, um, I, I, I trust Greg Austin, and, you know, I, I trust his, his evaluations. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling, I'm feeling pretty perky about, about, about Branson. And yeah, those, those are our whole line. We got a couple of, uh, linebackers. In as well, um, and I think you mentioned a, a couple of them, but uh, you know, one from New Jersey, another one from South Dakota. So again, the kind of five hundred mile radius. Although depending on what part of South Dakota, it might be more than five hundred miles. Uh, and they're going to be fun, uh, fun names for the announcers uh, and for us in in the years to come. Uh, Randolph Kapai and Makai Gabayer. Probably not saying that right, but that's okay because everybody uh-huh. screws up Mahachko. <laughs> you know, it's Bayer. The G, the G is silent. Fine. Yeah, no, <laughs> uh, no. Nah, um, nah, I, I, I like them, you know, Randolph Kapai. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm, man, I, I hate to drag dragging our, our recruits, right? But, um, when, when he committed, he committed in January. I think at junior I believe. Um, when I watched when I watched the film, at the time he was, he was like a high four star linebacker. When I watched his film, I wasn't really, I wasn't really impressed with him. Like I mean, he look, I mean he looked he looked okay. I mean he didn't he didn't look look, look, look like crazy to me. But, um, I, I saw his, I saw his senior film, and man, we, we're we're getting a good one, man. The only only problem is that he's low, he's a little light right now. He's just at 185, but you don't want you just, you don't want a 185 pound linebacker. That's tiny. So he's he's he's, he's getting he's getting he's getting to warm weight room a little bit. Um yeah, there was nothing there was nothing I could hate on in, in his senior film. Um, he, he he was running with linebackers and he running. He was running with receivers and tight ends. He, he was doing really good in coverage. He was moving side on the sideline. He was he was delivering hits. He was making tackles for losses. He was sacking the quarterback. I I, I just really love this film. Um, Akaga Bayer, he's in the, he's in the same he's in the same vein as, as Randolph actually. When when I, when I saw this film, I actually really like this film. I actually like Makai. I think I think he I think he's a really underrated catch for us. Um, like like Randolph, he was he was doing everything that like you that I wanted to do. He was running with, he was running with he was doing good in coverage. He was sacking the quarterback. I think he had like 20 sacks last year, his junior year. That's crazy. Um, he was tackling running back losses. He was giving big hits. And most importantly, which people, I don't think people really pay attention to, um, uh, if you watch the film, yeah, he, he, I was actually showing him a lot of special teams film. Like he was like attacking special teams. And that's important because he's probably going to start, he's going to, he's probably going to start on special teams here. Yeah, I, was, I, really, I really like, I really like that in the film. Now, uh, and also, but, oh, I was going to say, uh, you know, Bayer is listed, you know, from from the official, you know, like LOI uh, tweets that you know, the Huskers put out. You know, he's listed at 6'2", 220, so he's already about 30, 35 pounds uh, more than uh, Kapai. So, uh, I mean, yeah. depending on what the coaching staff has, you know, in, in mind for both of these individuals, it, I mean, it makes you wonder that, you know, uh, Bayer might, might be having, having a little bit of a head start. I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I was about to say just now before um, before he started talking. Um, yeah, Makai he <laughs> Makai has a size that to play to play immediately. So he, that's, he, that that's great. 
he, he can't play midway. And like I said, like he he, he was showing special teams highlights on, in, in the title film. It's like that was really good. I like that. Are we get any running backs? We already talked about the yeah, one from Atlanta area. Yeah. We, you can tell yeah, how groggy, how, how much I'm fighting exhaustion this week. <laughs> uh, we did talk about that. Okay, and Camonte Grimes. Yeah, Camonte Grimes. Um, yeah, I really, I really like him. Like you know, Camonte, he, he's 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 from, he's from my neck of the woods. He's probably like maybe like like an hour away. Naples is on the west coast of Florida. I am right. on the east coast. It's right, right across the Alligator Alley, I seventy five. Um, I really like him. You know, he, he's 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 a really twitched up athlete. He's a big guy. Well, I mean, he, he, he's not fat or anything. He's big for a receiver. He's I think he does have six two two or five. That's pretty good. Um, he, when, you, when you look at some, he's he's a gadget player. Um, he's playing he, he's playing a little quarterback. He's playing a little quarterback. Playing a little he played playing a little running back. Um, in this film, his film playing receiver. I really, I really like that he was in, he was he was running a full route tree. He was doing everything I, I like from a receiver. Um. When 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 we were recruiting him, um, he was actually down between us and Michigan. Um, Michigan, Michigan really wanted him as a safety. Michigan compared him to Jabril Pepper, which is pretty high, which is pretty high praise, because Jabril Jabril is an NFL right now playing for the Giants. Um, but he, I guess he really wanted to play offense. He, 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 he really like Coach Frost and, and company, so he chose Nebraska over Michigan. He wanted to play receiver here. Um, Coach Frost they they envisioned him in, in a Juan Deal type role, where he's running, where he's he, he getting getting things out of the backfield, he's catching passes. Um, probably even returning punts and kicks. You never know. So um, yeah, I, I, I really like Conte. So where did where did our our beloved Huskers end up on like in rankings? Because that's you know like guys like like me that can't remember names are just gonna go. Yeah, well we got uh, number twenty and we got eight four stars. Uh, oh man! Oh my goodness! Um, I believe we were number nineteen. In rankings, I believe I, I know for a fact we, we were we were number seven in the Big Ten. Um, I believe we were we were number, we were number ninth nationally. We were seventh in the Big Ten. Yeah, and and look, I oh, I say it every God. year. I say it every year that Nebraska does so well nationally, but is still right kind of in the middle of the Big Ten because the Big Ten recruits so well. You know, and and yeah. you know you got. You've got your your perennial programs that you always have to deal with. Your uh, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State. Uh, you know, there's all, uh, Wisconsin. I know they had a down year this year, so we kind of forget about them a little bit. But uh, then you've got Iowa, who as you know, I hate them, but they're consistent. They're consistent shitbags, mm-hmm. but I hate them, uh, but they're consistent <laughs> nonetheless. And then you've got, you know, the upstarts in, you know, Minnesota, Indiana's had, had a good season. You, you never, you know, Michigan State, you never know what to expect with them. Um, so the fact that you're 19th nationally and 7th in the Big Ten just shows that, like, look, I don't get People will run their mouth all day long about the SEC, but uh, the SEC is, is touted so highly by the national services because they're owned by ESPN. And they're not that good. Yeah. They're a bunch of overrated shit bags, just like Iowa. <laughs> wow. We could go into that subject further, but I'm not going there right now. Can we trade Iowa to the SEC for Missouri? No. Why not? Ooh, that, oh, come on. That, Wait, what the fuck? Are you going to trade one state of dipshits for the state of meth heads? <laughs> what the fuck? What are you getting out of that trade? Okay. Hey, uh, hey. Kentucky. 
Tennessee. I don't. I just I, look. I, I, no, we could trade him for a Florida school. Well, there's only one. Isn't there only get, one Florida school in the down, SEC. We get to go down to Florida and play in front of Florida kids and, and recruit them or something. Well, let's do that. Let's trade Iowa. Uh, tell you what. Let's let's uh, let's trade Iowa to the Big Twelve for uh, TCU, and then we will trade. Now, wait, wait for it. We'll trade Maryland to the SEC or the AC. We'll, we'll send them back to the ACC, and we will pick up uh, Miami because I think Nebraska Miami every other year would be a lot of fun. It would. So there you go. I'd be in for that. <laughs> All right. Now, on the other hand, Greg, do you really want to get rid of Iowa when we're just going to – you know, when Frost gets this thing together, it's going to blow up. Okay. The offense, 40 points a game, I'm telling you, it's going to happen. Okay, then we will get rid of – we can't get rid of Illinois because that's like the games that I go to is in, are in Champaign. Uh, <laughs> uh, Minnesota? I feel like that's an awful long commute. Um, Northwestern? Or Purdue, I'd be all right with getting rid of one of those three. <laughs> Where did this come from? I just—I I don't know. I—I—I I, I just want. I think Nebraska should go independent. And how old are you now? Why does that matter? Because you're acting like a fucking gronky old man. I'm old enough. <laughs> old enough to drink this beer and be pissed when I'm out. <laughs> you even swig that like a gronky old man. Um, hey, Kayla, did you see Ohio State's rec- recruiting class? Outrageous, man! It's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's like it's like they signed a whole fucking class full of NFL players. Well, they did. They're just about four years away from it. For real, really, right? I don't know. Okay, do we have anything else on recruiting? I'm sure we miss people, but uh, I'm sure we'll hear about them in the future. But it's getting late, and Greg's getting gronky, which means I'm going to catch a touchdown pass, spike it in the end zone, and then go play wrestler for the WWE for a few weeks, and then go back and sign with Tampa Bay. That's being gronky. <laughs> You're welcome, Should we go into Rutgers? Yeah, let's, let's talk briefly about... Uh, Today, that's the, here's the crazy thing. We usually uh, drop the Five Heart Podcast the day before the game. Uh, but some bitch, we got to play on a Friday because for some reason, uh, the Big Ten Network or Fox or whomever decided to put the conference championship game between Northwestern and an undeserving Ohio State uh, at noon, a noon kickoff. You could have had a whole day of Big Ten games and had a primetime kickoff, but for some reason, I've got to try to get home from work and, and watch game on a Friday night. That's not how I spend my typical Friday nights. Not real happy about it, but thankfully, Maryland, whomever, some other game canceled, and and uh, I don't, I, I can watch it in primetime live. Damn it! So uh, <laughs> Rutgers, let's talk yes, about that. Rutgers. We are playing Rutgers. I just want this to sink into everybody listening. In in this awkward, messed up year of 2020, Nebraska's end of the season crossover game, which is against a, an opponent 
of equal position is fucking Rutgers. Well, yeah, it is. Amen. Oh, yeah. You know, I interviewed the Rutgers guy, and you know what the most terrifying thing I heard was? Noah Vedrill's going to kill us? No. Come on, guess harder. Guess. Uh, Greg Schiano is returning them to the promised land. Well, (laughs) we talked somewhat about that, but that wasn't the most terrifying thing. Um,. Aquilo, you got any okay. guesses? I mean, I, I know Noah Vegel isn't, isn't playing tomorrow, so I don't no. know what it is. <laughs> okay. No, Rutgers has never won four Big Ten games in a season. Oh, God. They have they have three wins oh, right now. And the way Nebraska oh, has been giving records to Jesus everybody Christ. on the fucking planet that they play. I looked at the guy and I said, well, fuck, that's it. We're doomed. We're doomed. <laughs> and, oh, God. I don't want, I, please, I, I don't want to be, I don't want to be Rutgers for a win, man. Please, I don't want to be Rutgers for a win. If you think about it right now, <laughs> Rutgers, Rutgers has a better record than Nebraska. Well, Rutgers, I look yeah. at Rutgers. Here's the thing that's interesting about Rutgers. Uh, Greg Schiano showed up. They had one. They had a twenty-one game Big Ten losing streak. I don't know if you guys watched Rutgers football, but every time they showed a picture of Chris Ash, he looked like he was wanted to weep or break down in severe depression, <laughs> and he, he literally looked like a man who was stuck in a prison for a crime he didn't fucking commit. And please God, get him out of there! And then they finally did, and I hope Chris Ash is is doing well. I think he's Texas defensive coordinator. But, uh, you know, Greg Schiano showed up, united the fan base, and has a team that's winning football games in the shittiest year in probably, I don't know, in our lives. Uh, he's come in, and he's changed himself around, and he's figured out how to win games with what he has. You know, he's pulled in mm-hmm. some transfers that have been pretty beneficial, obviously, Noah Vedral. Uh, is yeah. one of them that uh, we're all familiar with. But, you know, he's done a commendable job. And Yeah. Are we, are we like, are we like um, Rutgers this season? Um, their, their offensive line is really tough. They have a really, like, really tough offensive line. Um, they have a running back named Isaiah Pacheco. Um, I really like him. He's a really good runner. Um, their, their defense is really, really tough. It's really, they're really gritty. They're really scrappy. Um, obviously, obviously they're, they're, they're even getting beat by teams more talented than them. But you know they they fight hard, and they, they don't go down with a fight. Um, that's kind of scary for a Nebraska because our offense, our, our offense turtles up at the sign of at the sign of at the sign of any event of any of any objection from, from the opposing team. Yeah, that's that's kind of scary for us. But um, Nebraska has more talent than us. It, it really tomorrow all comes down to um, because I really like how our, our defense has progressed this season. To be honest with you, so I I think tomorrow comes down to um quarterback play and play calling for Nebraska. No, I, I completely agree. I, I feel like, uh, and, and I've caught some some blowback from this uh, in recent weeks about uh, you know making critical uh, comments about some of the play call, especially last week, uh, and and how some, mm-hmm. there was one series where Nebraska did a three and out against Minnesota, and it was just bad play call after bad play call, and 
you know, I, I said something on Twitter, and then you know, I got some got some uh, I don't know backlash, but so we'll call it we'll call it friendly feedback, uh, saying that <laughs> you know it's still up to you know the players to blah blah blah. I'm like, yeah, okay, but if the coaches aren't putting the players in any positive situation, you know, then you know they're not they're not helping out the kids at all. So I just feel like the play call at times has been it's been mind scratching to mind numbing at times this season. It seems like there's a disconnect between what we think. And obviously I have said this before. I'm not paid hundreds of thousands of dollars a year to be an offensive coordinator. Uh, You should be. But sometimes you just look at it and you go, uh, there's a massive disconnect between what you think these guys are going to be able to do against this uh, defense in between what they're, you know, what they're going to do. In other words, what they're capable of and what you want them to do are seem to be two very different things. But again, I, I wonder if sometimes if we're looking at this from uh, you have to win right now because this is pissing me off versus these guys have to learn my run, my offense. And, you know, when we go into the Rutgers games, what do we, we're going to have, I think four offensive linemen starting that game that are freshmen or red shirt sophomores, something like that. Brendan James opted out this week. And the first thing I thought was who uh, Brendan Hymas. I'm sorry. I told you I was fucking exhausted, man. What do you want from me? All I know is that I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Our left tackle, our tackle opted out this week. And I, my first thought was uh, you couldn't play one more fucking game. I, I don't know how many games he started for Nebraska, but it's been a shit ton. So you kind of look at this and you go, you couldn't have played one more game with your, you know, your guys. And then you look at it on the other hand. Well, you know what? Who is it? Turner Cochran is going to start in his place. Turner Corcoran? Corcoran? Yeah. Corcoran. Yeah. So that guy's going to get game time as a, what is he, a true freshman? Mm-hmm. I guess, you know, this game really doesn't mean that much other than to us because we don't want to be embarrassed by losing to Rutgers. But the fact is, oh. is that Turner's going to go in there and get some game time when he, would, he wouldn't have had it otherwise. So that's a plus. And I guess if, you know, Brendan wanted to opt out to go to the NFL or prepare himself for the NFL, I can see that. It's kind of like saying, you know, it's like some guy being on tour and, in a war zone and going, well, shit, all I got is one more week and being so fucking paranoid about that. All he wants to do is hide under a truck or something. It's a shitty comparison. I know that, but uh, I guess, you know, the best elected Mr. Hymas in the draft, but we're going to go into this game with an extremely young team and uh, they're going to get more, you know, get more game time, get more reps. And that's why Frost wants to obviously get us into a bowl game is to get more game time and get more reps, which makes sense, you know, regardless of how much we're embarrassed by whatever they're doing. So what else did I want to say? My God, I just want to fall over. <laughs> we won't keep you much longer, John. I, I want to reiterate something, a, a comment I made last week about the definition of success for Nebraska in 2020 uh, and how the, uh, the, up you know, you, you push back the uprights because it's less about uh you know the wins and losses and more about proving after after you know beating your chest and saying we want to play football we can we can do so safely that uh, you know you've managed to avoid any 
you know, outbreaks on, on the team, things like that. You know, you haven't had to cancel a game because of your own fault. You know, Wisconsin had their issues and, and, uh, you know, other, other teams, other programs, Minnesota certainly had, you know, a, a couple weeks off, you know, we, we know about that as well. Um, so I, it, it's, I think for, for Nebraska, it's, it's, you know, obviously we want wins. We would have loved to have gone eight and oh, nine and oh, depending on what the schedule looked like. But realistically, it's, you know, showing to the rest of the Big Ten, showing to the rest of college football, hey, we wanted, we made a stink about wanting to play. We got to play. We were able to do so safely. What the hell is the matter with everybody else? Yeah, Rutgers was one of the three teams in the Big Ten that got to play all their games. Yeah. And the one thing that the Rutgers guy did say that I was of interest and uh, you'll note that none of this has to do with the athleticism on either side of the ball at all. It has all to do with the mentality of the players coming into this game. Uh, he felt that Rutgers was exhausted, and he wondered really if they were going to be, you know, just burned out by the time this game rolls around. And I guess we're going to see when the game starts. Uh, Yoshi talked about the fact that Greg Schiano was his coach at Tampa Bay when Yoshi went to the NFL. And he talked about the fact that Greg Schiano was very detail-oriented and that one of the things he did, I think, when they started each practice or started each week was to point out who got the most penalties in games. And that cut down on the penalties because you don't want your coach calling out for penalties. So I, I thought those were you – you guys need to go back and listen to the Yoshi podcast. I think he's a he's fun to interview because he's a really nice guy. And uh, he gives he puts out a lot of knowledge. Uh, okay, I'm about to fall over. The uh, <laughs> the, the Yoshi hey. Football Show does receive a lot of high marks. A friend of the show, Josh, is a big fan of it and says, "Keep it up, it's a great show." Uh, so before before John uh, uh, ends his night, uh, we need to get predictions for Nebraska Rutgers and Aquilo. You get to go first. Oh man! Oh my goodness! Um, Nebraska Rutgers. Um, <laughs> I hate to. I, I, I don't want. I don't want to vote against my boys. Okay. I, it's kind of hard. It's, it's kind of hard to see how I how I can. Um, you do what you have uh, to do. Just know. Yeah, you know, do what you have to do. Nobody ever actually actively. Even Nate McHugh doesn't actually pick against Nebraska. So, take that. All right. Okay, I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go 21-17 Huskers. Okay. CBR. All right. John. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm still hoping for the big to- point totals. Toidles. Toidles? Because uh, I expect the offense to explode at any time. So I'm going to go with 35-21 to 21 Nebraska. With a double-digit win against them fucking New Jersey sons of bitches. Well, Nebraska is due for an offensive explosion. However, I'm not entirely sure it's going to happen in the last game with a bunch of young talent. I hope it does. I hope that this, you know, Tanner Corcoran says, uh, you should have been playing me all season long and not this chump over here. My words, not his. Um, I'm going to say Nebraska 28, Rutgers 20. 28 to 20. Okay. And by the way, let's shout out to uh, Connor Culp for the Big uh, Ten Kicker of the Year. 
and uh, Cam Taylor Britt for uh, second team All Big Ten. I, I think he deserved higher. He he personally uh, kept Nebraska uh, in that Purdue game. I feel and uh, uh, or you know ahead in that game, I should say, and uh, uh, has had a terrific year. And I hope he comes back next year. I think he's uh, Akila. You know, is he only a sophomore? Conical. Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, uh, Cam Taylor Britt. Oh no, he's um he's a he's a junior actually, but well, it's, uh, this season because it's a free because it's a free year next year he's gonna be a, a rusher junior. Okay, that too. All right, yeah. we'll see you back next fall, Cam Taylor Britt. All right, <laughs> that'll do it for uh, this episode of the Five Heart Podcast. Nebraska Rutgers tonight. Check local listings because I honestly don't know what station it's gonna be on, and I'm not gonna ask one of these guys to tell me. So, uh, for Akilah Roberts for joining us, uh, for John Johnston for leading us, I'm Greg Bahachko. Reminding you this week and every week that five heart is all the heart you need. John? Go Big Red! It's time for Pawpaw to take a nap. <laughs> <laughs>